you're listening to Senior Times Podcasts. Thanks to our sponsors, Expressway, Travel Department and Doro Phones for making this podcast possible. And uh, this is um, my tunes, and that's the sig tune by Dwayne Eddy. Um, today's program is a little bit different, and I was talking to, uh, just happened to be talking to my dear friend John Sheehan, the last, as he says himself, the last man standing of the Dubliners. I know him for probably the best part of 50 years, between working with them on various projects. I made a, do- a documentary called Dubliners Dublin for Channel 4, and I'll play some of that later. But John has written a book of poetry, and there are tributes to some of the Dubliners in there, and uh, he's also got a new album out called Flirting Fiddles, and uh, we'll certainly play a track from that. But let's talk about the Dubliners and hear from um, John Sheehan, one of his poems. Luke's gravestone. Cold as the wind that carried your ghost, silent as the songs that remain unsung, lonely as an echo from the jail of Cluan Mala, solitary as your silhouette going home by railings after closing time, upright and defiant as your stance when you challenged the puppets of power for what died the sons of Roisin. Like your voice, unweathered by time, this granite gravestone, your epitaph, a simple claim, between the two great mysteries, your place, your name. Luke Kelly, Dubliner, 1940-1984. On Raglan Road, Of an autumn day I saw her first And knew That her dark hair Would weave a snare That I might one day rue I saw the danger and I passed along the enchanted way and I said let grief be a fallen leaf at the dawning of the day. On Grafton Street In November We tripped lightly along the ledge Of a deep ravine Where can be seen The worth of passion's pledge The Queen of Hearts still making tarts And I'm not 
to making hay. Oh, I loved too much, and by such, by such is happiness thrown. I gave her gifts of the mind I gave her the secret sign That's known to the artists who have known The true gods of sound and stone and word and tint without stint I gave her poems to say With her own name there And her own dark hair Like clouds over fields of On a quiet street Where old ghosts meet I see her walking now Away from me so hurriedly My reason must lie that I had loved not as I should A creature made of clay When the angel woos The clay he'd lose His wings at the dawn What's it like, Ronnie, your new life? Is it the way the old masters painted it, floating on a damp cloud in the company of winged creatures, listening to non-stop harp music? I could paint you in, but not your expectations. Would somebody, for Christ's sake, get me down from here and show me the fountain of champagne? I thought this was meant to be a celebration. I'll paint a different picture instead. I see your spirit freed at last from earthly shackles, soaring to a new consciousness, communicating with Kavanaugh without the encumbrance of words, without the embarrassment of being barred from four Baggett Street pubs. All is clear now. Ulysses simpler than the Lord's Prayer. Beckett no longer waiting for Godot. And Joe O'Brien sidling over with an impish grin. How are you, Ronnie? You brought me fame at last. I heard Cleena and Phelan picked me poem for the end of your mass. But you needn't have hurried. There's no closing time up here. Just one continuous holy hour. Now Deirdre comes into focus, bridging and healing a painful absence. 
unhindered by bodies, your spirits embrace and entwine in a never-ending spiral of joy, leaving behind the three great imponderables that tortured you. What is life? What is art? And where the fuck is Barney? Claymore me stealing And the mice were squealing In my prison cell And the old triangle Went jingle jangle A screw was ballin' Get up, you bosey, and clean up your cell And the old triangle Went jingle, jangle The lags were sleeping. Humpy Gussie was creeping as I lay there weeping for my gallasal and the old triangle went jingle jangle. In the female prison There are seventy-five women Tis among them I wish I did dwell Then the old triangle Could go jingle, jangle Of course, James Joyce wasn't the only Dublin genius, not by a long shot. Shall we produce some of the greatest writers in the world, including two Nobel Prize winners? It's a shame, though, that so many of them had to leave the country to make their mark. And sure, in the end, didn't it take a writer from Monaghan, Patrick Kavanagh, to come up to Dublin and adopt a place? Patrick wrote The Great Hunger and many another wonderful poem. He lived in Pembroke Road, and these were his haunts. He spent so much time strolling along the Grand Canal that there's even a seat dedicated to him. 
Well, I was walking along here one day and I met Paddy Kavanagh. Will you have a drink, says Paddy? I will, says I, Paddy. Will we go to Mooney's? Paddy said, oh, if we can't go to Mooney's, he said, I'm bad out of it. We may go to Searson's. Searson's, Paddy, I said, well, the trouble is, Paddy, I said, I'm bad out of Searson's. We'll have to go to the crooked barbie. Oh, says Paddy, hold on, says he. I'm bad out of the crooked barbie, says he. We may go to the Waterloo house. I says, I, Paddy, the trouble is, I'm bad out of the Waterloo house. Oh, well, says he. Good luck, I'll see you again. The Dubliners, an incredible group of musicians and unique characters, and uh, I made a documentary for Channel 4 and RTE called Dubliners Dublin, and that last piece was Ronnie wandering along the canal, reminiscing about Patrick Kavanagh and all the the pubs they were barred from, and the last line, I love it, well, I can't go to the Waterloo House because I'm barred there. All right, so I suppose we better go home. So that was that. This again from uh, Dubliners Dublin. Raised on songs and stories, heroes of renown, the passing tales and glories that once was Dublin town, the hallowed halls and houses, the haunting children's rhyme. That once was part of Dublin in the rare old times. Ring a ring a rosy as the light declines. I remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Oh, me name. It is Sean Dempsey As Dublin as could be Born hard and late in Pimlico In a house that ceased to be By trade I was a cooper Lost out to redundancy Like my house that fell to progress my trade's a memory And I courted Peggy Dignam As pretty as you please I rogue in a child of Mary From the rebel liberties I lost her to a student chap with skin as black as coal When he took her off to Birmingham She took away my soul Bring a ring, a rosy As the light declines I remember Dublin City In the rare old times all oh, the years have made me bitter The gargle dims me brain Cos Dublin keeps on changing And nothing seems the same The pillar 
and the Met have gone. The Royal long since pulled down as the grey unyielding concrete makes a city of my town. Ring a ring, a rosy, as the light declines. I remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Fare thee well, sweet Annaliffy. I can no longer stay and watch the new glass cages that spring up along the cave. My mind's too full of memories, too old to hear new chimes. I'm a part of what was Dublin in the rare old times. Ring a ring a rosy. As the light declines, I remember Dublin City in the rare old times. Ring a ring a rosy. As the light declines, I remember Dublin City in the rare old times. A song there by Pete St. John, which has been recorded and re-recorded by every group, Dublin in the Rare Old Times. And Pete St. John was a fine songwriter, The Fields of Athenrye, you may have heard of before or sung in the stands. That was also Pete St. John. And that last song, Dublin in the Rare Old Times, was recorded in O'Donoghue's in Marion Row, which is the pub where one of the pubs that they started in, and we recorded some of the documentary there. And we recorded the rest of it around Dublin City over a number of days. And Ronnie was the tour guide. And if you really search for it, you'll find the whole thing on YouTube. And if I say so myself, it was produced by my dear friend John Keller and directed by me beautifully, I think. Beautiful pictures of Dublin and great storytelling from Ronnie Drew. And now we're finishing this segment of the programme with John Sheehan. And just to say a little bit about John, he was the glue that held the Dubliners together for many years. And just recently, he released a book of his own poetry and his very first solo album called Flirting Fiddles. This track is uh, called Waltzing with Angels and he's accompanied by Eamon Campbell. And all of the uh, tracks are have a guest star. There's Richie Buckley and Mick O'Brien and Gavin Murphy and uh, Jane Clark. But this is a, a part-time, or at least a, he was in the Dubliners for a lot of time, guitar player, big fuzzy um, blonde hair, Eamon Campbell, Waltzing with Angels.
lovely fiddle sound that uh, John produces and they're accompanied by the late Eamon Campbell. It's a lovely album and if you want something absolutely charming and uh, something delightful and with lots of other wonderful musicians, Flirting Fiddles is great. Go out and get it. It deserves to be a hit. Now, um, this song is dedicated to John. I don't know if it's John Sheehan or John McCalgan, but it's from Sinead O'Connor. John, I love you. I'm ever so fond of you.
love you too. That was Sinead and John, I love you. But she may have been talking about John Sheen or she might have been talking about uh, John O'Connor.
That is the sublime uh, John O'Connor, uh, one of the greatest exponents of the Beethoven repertoire in the world, and he tours the world playing Beethoven and, and everything else. But I do remember a little story in RTE. Um, I was working there at the time, and his wife, Mary, was working there, and I remember him coming into RTE for a, a performance, and I remember... Mary was asked to be the person, because she could read music and she was a musician as well, to turn the pages. And I saw Mary turning the pages, and I saw him looking at her, and her looking at him. And it went on from there. I don't know the exact details, but it was a great romance, and they're married for 40 years, I think, because that's a lovely John and a nice friend of mine. And he uh, he lives up in Rathgar, close to my my brother. Anyway, John O'Connor, love you. That was lovely. Now, taking an entirely different turn, I got uh, sent away to Amazon for a copy of uh, Radio, Win- Radio 1's The Irish Voices, Ireland on the Radio, which was produced by Brendan Balfe. And Brendan had to remind me some time ago that I actually launched it in the Gaiety Theatre in the bar for Brendan. But in any event, he did uh, a lot of good work. And uh, I'm going to play some wonderful tracks from the archives, which you may never have heard before or may never hear again. And this first one, this is a voice of a man I'm sure that you won't recognise, but I won't have you guessing. This is Sean O'Casey talking to a class in England about the greatest country and then leading into the radio wearing players with an extract from Juno and the Peacock. When I was lecturing, lecturing, mind you, to the students of St. Catherine's College, Cambridge, a young boy got up when I'd ended speaking and asked, Mr. O'Casey, what nation do you think is the greatest in the world? I looked at him sadly before replying. Look at me, lad. Are you telling me that though you are a student of the great college of St. Catherine, of the greater university of Cambridge, you don't know your geography? You don't know the name of the greatest nation in the world? Though you might think it, it isn't the British Commonwealth, great and glorious as she may be. It isn't the mighty federation of republican states, which is called the United States of America. No. It isn't the big and powerful republic of the socialist Soviet states of Russia. No, young man. It is none of these. The greatest nation in the world is Ireland. Why not? Though our army be but a few companies, Irishmen have fired away in every battle fought the world over. Though our navy be but the one little corvette Mach and a few frigates, Irishmen sail in more than 10,000 ships that plough through every wave. And isn't Con of the Hundred Battles one of our Irish gods? Con meaning the head, the seat of reason, the organ of wisdom, the son of understanding, the sunburst on the green flag, leading the Irish to the finest power life can give, the saving power of wisdom. Maybe I didn't feel sorry enough for Mrs. Tancred when her poor son was found, as Johnny's been found now. Spagmonan. Because he was a diehard. 
Oh, why didn't I remember then that he wasn't a diehard or a stater, but only a poor dead son? It's well I remember all that she said, and it's my turn to say it now. What was the pain I suffered, Johnny, bringing you into the world to carry you to your cradle? To the pains I'll suffer carrying you out of the world to bring you to your grave? Mother of God, Mother of God, have pity on us all. Blessed Virgin, where were you when me darling son was riddled with bullets? When me darling son was riddled with bullets? Sacred heart of Jesus, take away our hearts of stone and give us hearts of flesh. Take away this murder and hate. My goodness, that was Peg Monaghan and it faded a bit at the end, but um, that speech never ceases to freeze me in the spot. A mother crying out to Jesus for her darling son who was riddled with bullets. And uh, we're very well aware of that situation in Ireland, and particularly during the Troubles. There were many, many darling sons riddled with bullets on on both sides and uh, to this day with the gang wars that's going on it still continues to happen and only when you hear it in that context of that pain and so um, eloquently written by Sean O'Casey and prior to that the voice of Sean O'Casey which I'm sure you haven't heard very often. Hi, I'm Quiva Debarra from Throkra. I hope you and those you love are safe and well. In Ireland, we're doing all we can to protect each other. But can you imagine not being able to wash your hands because you don't have running water? That's the reality for many people Throker supports. This virus knows no borders, but neither should our compassion. Now more than ever, we need your support to protect them. Please give whatever you can. Call 1850 408 408 or visit throker.org. Throker, until love conquers fear. I'm going to go back to the uh, archives now, to another archive, and this is the voice of Barry McGovern. My friend, this letter welcomes you to Transylvania. I am anxiously expecting you at the castle. At three o'clock tomorrow, you must take the coach for Bukovina, the place on it has been reserved. My carriage will await you at the summit of the Borgo Pass at sunset. Sleep well tonight. Your friend, Dracula. Oh my goodness, Dracula. That's Barry McGovern reading from Bram Stoker's Dracula. And another reason I played that is my very dear friend, um, Joe O'Connor, has written a wonderful book called Shadow Play. Uh, and it's uh, received enormous acclaim and attention um, this year. 
and uh, it's the story of Bram Stoker and Henry Irving and Ellen Terry. It's a love story, it's a love triangle, and it's an examination of both uh, Irving and Stoker, and it's amazingly well researched, very atmospherically written. It's a riveting, riveting read. And the good news, I was talking to John O'Connor a couple of weeks ago, and he tells me that it's been optioned for a movie with Ralph Fiennes uh, down to play Henry Irving. Thunam con day, but there it is, the dawn on the hills of Ireland, God's angels lifting the night's black veil from the fair sweet face of my sireland. Oh, Ireland, isn't it grand you look like a bride in her rich adornin'? With all the pent-up love of my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. And ho, upon Cleanus shelving strand, the surges are grandly beating, and Kerry is pushing our headlands out to give us the kindly greeting. Into the shore the seabirds fly, on pinions that know no drooping, and out from the cliffs with welcomes charged, a million of waves come trooping. And doesn't old Cove look charming there, watching the wild waves motion, leaning her back up against the hills and the tip of her toes in the ocean? I wonder I don't hear Shandon bells. Ah, maybe their chiming's over, for it's many a year since I began the life of a western rover. For thirty summers a storm o'cree, those hills I now feast my eyes on, Ne'er met my vision save when they rose over memory's dim horizon. Even so, twas grand and fair they seemed in the landscape spread before me. But dreams are dreams, and my eyes would hope to see Texas skies still o'er me. Now fuller and truer the shoreline shows. Was ever a scene so splendid, I feel the breath of the monster breeze, Thank God my exile's ended. Old scenes, old songs, old friends again. The vale and the cot I was born in. O oh, Ireland, up from my heart of hearts, I bid you the top of the morning. As a wonderful voice of Kieran MacMahuna. And uh, I was such a fan of his work. And every Sunday I listened to Mokilhu, the music, the lark and the clear air. Um, and all of the wonderful songs and blonde, uh, Irvine and all the poetry. So that was Kieran with the um, dawn on the Irish coast. This is Michal MacLeamore. Was it needless death after all? For England may keep faith for all that is done and said. We know their dream, enough to know they dreamed and are dead. And what if excess of love bewildered them till they died? I write it out in a verse. MacDonough and MacBride and Connolly and Pierce, now and in time to be wherever green is worn are changed, changed utterly. A terrible beauty is born. Very famous, uh, W.B. Yeats, uh, Terrible Beauty is Born uh, at the time of the insurrection that was read uh, in the normal, wonderful, plummy way by Michal MacLeamore. 
still saying with the archive, and I must say this before I play the last clip from the archive, um, these were all researched and found and compiled and put together by Brendan Balfe. So I am shamelessly stealing, but I think uh, it's, it's really a compliment too. So Brendan, thank you. That's the way it is with prose. When anything like a theatre dies, it's not only a theatre dies, but part of your heart goes with it. That's the way it is with prose. But I suppose that's progress. After all, it hasn't been too sudden. We had four variety theatres here. I can remember four. Queen's Cap... The voice of Cecil Sheridan. Olympia. Bit by bit, they went away. We had no variety. But we don't mourn forever. After all, even when somebody dies in Ireland, we hold awake, and that's a very joyful occasion. So it's up to us now to look forward to the future. <clears throat> the day I look forward to is the day when Variety will have such a grip that they'll pull down an office building to build a theatre. That's the day I want to see. Cecil with Noel Purcell. Hello, Cecil. I'm well. Ah, game ball, thank God, game ball. Getting on, getting on, getting on. My God, time flies, doesn't it? No, no. My God, things are not the same now, no. You know, I was just thinking, we worked a few times together, didn't we? We did. We did, we did the whole war together. Yeah, it took a war to put us on. Hey, it did too. <laughs> well, you're all right, but it took a war to put me on. Well, they were stuck with us during they the war. They couldn't get the English know. fellas over, so then they put in the Irish fellas. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, you know what, I've, ju I've just been thinking now. What was the last thing we did together? When were we both on the stage together? Oh, my Can goodness. You, you know? Right now, give oh, me a minute. Honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. That's it? That's what? That's it. Try to remember. You remember we did that together? We did indeed. Hey, will we chance it? Well, we'll chance it again for all time's sake. Try to remember the kind of September when life was slow. And oh, so mellow. Try to remember the kind of September when grass was green and the grain was yellow. Try to remember the kind of September when you. And callow fellow, try to remember, and if you remember, then follow. For deep in, in December, it's, it's nice to remember. Although you know the snow will follow deep in December, it's nice to remember without a hurt. The heart is hollow deep in December. 
It's nice to remember the fire of September that made us mellow. Deep in December, it's nice to remember and follow. What a very um, touching, touching uh, recording of the two old jossers. When I say old jossers, Cecil Sheridan and Noel Purcell, they probably were not a lot older than I am at the moment. But um, it, the closing and the tearing down of the Royal signalled, in a way, the death of what was huge variety. The Royal Theatre was 3,000-seater and had two shows a day, Cine Variety was called. There was a movie, and then there was a variety show. And I loved it. I love movies, and I love variety. So whenever I have sixpence or one and sixpence, I would go to the Theatre Royal. And Cecil and Noel were great stalwarts of the Theatre Royal. And what tended to happen, or what did happen during World War Two, when the visiting artists didn't come, the big stars and the big names and uh, the Roy Rogers and so on, and Danny Kaye and uh, Mario Lanza, all the big stars appeared there. So local um, homegrown talent um, grew uh, at that period of time. So I'm nearly finished, but I just was reflecting there, listening to that and listening to the Dubliners, whom I knew collectively and individually. And when I was training to be a producer-director, all of us were asked, to make one half-hour program on something that we were passionate about. And I made my program on Cecil Sheridan. It was called um, Cecil Remembers. And uh, the device was he sat in a dressing room with the lights all around the mirror. And uh, as his character Mary Martha Ann McGee, whom uh, he fought with all his life, his alter ego, and... Uh, and I really loved it and I thought it was a very sweet little program and I shot it deliberately in black and white. When I went to the archives to um, find it years later, it was unfortunately wiped and gone. But I've had a great love of variety and music hall and variety artists and comedians and special acts and... Yeah, um, I love it very much, and I, I think that Cecil was one of the best. He used to, um, the shows that he, he wrote, <clears throat> he directed, he was on the Ed Sullivan show in America with uh, a, what he called My Little Man Mixer Reed, who was a, I don't know what the correct terminology now, was a dwarf or a person of reduced stature. But uh, he was on Ed Sullivan with him. He toured with the show called Glockamara Bigara, Shanigans, Hannigans, Shenanigans. <laughs> and uh, lots and lots of jokes, lots and lots of music hall jokes. Oh, yeah, one pops into my head. Uh, it's him doing his stand-up as Mary, Martha and McGee, and, and he says in her voice, I was with me boyfriend last night. Oh, I was. I was with me boyfriend, missus. And he got very hot and bothered. He got hot and bothered. Oh, I couldn't tell you, missus. He got so hot and bothered that I put him in the fridge. Yeah, put him in the fridge, missus. I know what happened when I took him out. I broke it off. 
Ah, missus, the engagement, the engagement. So it was that Bamford call. <laughs> I must show you how childish I am. That appeals to me. While I'm talking about the RTE archive, I would just like to say that uh, RTE has been part of the soundtrack of my life since I ever started listening to the radio and in the early days listening to Hospital Sweepstake and Eamon Kelly and Dinjo and Maureen Potter and all the shows, hundreds and thousands of shows. And I think we're very lucky in Ireland to have RTE, the public service station, um, for producing constantly hundreds of hours of really quality radio. And it comes home to roost in this COVID or in this lockdown time. Just the standard of the programming from certainly the newsroom have been exceptional. And the Ryan Tuberty and Miriam O'Callaghan, Ray Darcy and the inimitable Joe Duffy. The documentaries on one uh, and of course... The legends who left us in the last year, Gay Byrne and Marion Fanukan. And the standard of RTE public service broadcasting, I think sometimes may be taken for granted. But just when you stop and think and even playing those um, archives reminds one of the depth and the breadth of programming that um, and I've travelled the world and uh, there's BBC4 and there's PBS and there's uh, all of the stations but I've never heard uh, a national radio station that has as much depth and width and at the same time has a lightness of touch so RTE now and uh, in the past thank you so here we are for this week saying goodbye I hope you liked that different sort of program, the the tribute to the Dubliners. And thank you, Brendan, for the RTE arc. Do I, Eddie? from the mid-60s, and as I've said to you before, but if this is the first time you've heard it, that was my signature tune when I was a baby DJ going around in my little yellow Volkswagen Beetle. My, my two speakers, my two flashing lights, my two turntables, and my two sisters, who did the minerals and the cloakroom, and uh, we toured the nightclubs. And believe it or not, I was making uh, probably profit of about 500 a week, which would be close to 5,000 a week now and of course I was really really careful and saved every penny I didn't save a penny but I gave some to my parents and I spread it around but that's the way the cookie crumbles that was the discos anyway I must stop talking and go see you all next week